Greetings and salutations from Times Square, crossroads of the world. This is the Muni Lowdown, produced by DebtWire Municipals, where we talk about this week's most interesting stories in the municipal bond market. And I am your host, Young Lim, desk editor at DebtWire Municipals. Good morning. Today is Tuesday, May 12th, 2020. Today on the Muni Lowdown, we've got two interesting stories. The first is on Houston's economy, which has been hard hit by a route in oil and natural gas prices as employment levels in the energy sector are poised to sink. That's why Municipal's reporter Patrick Ferguson looks at the city in Texas. Next up, we've got Puerto Rico's 78 municipalities, which will be left without cash reserves from May to July, and 15 smaller cities will lose 25% of their budget next year because of a court's invalidation of Act 29 of 2019, a law that required the central government to pay the city's share of pension and health insurance payments. DebtWire's Ava Lorenz discusses the ramifications. All right, let's welcome Patrick Ferguson back to the show. Patrick, how are you? Good, good. Uh, how are you doing? I'm okay. Uh, I don't think we've talked since the pandemic started. Uh, obviously, you and I saw each other a few months ago back in the office, but um, how's it going? Are you able to survive? Are you getting your supplies, food, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's just, you know, I'm sure it's over there. It turned into like a cave-like existence here on the fifth floor of my uh, apartment building. <laughs> is, it, is it a walk-up or do you have an elevator? Oh, no, uh, it's a walk-up. Okay. <laughs> well, you're getting some exercise, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the few hours I get outside every day. Well, that's good. At least, uh, you know, the weather's cooperating, so. But I'm glad you're safe. And let's uh, let's talk about an article you wrote recently about the um, a city in Texas, this uh, Houston, Texas, uh, specifically, which is um, the largest, in terms of population, the largest city in the state of Texas. Uh, I believe it's the fourth largest city in the U.S. in terms of population. So I know the city's been battling like everybody, like every other city in the country with the pandemic, but specifically in terms of oil and gas prices, tell us about the economy of Houston. Yeah, so Houston has uh, been hit twice uh, effectively, one by the uh, mitigation efforts by the government to uh, slow the COVID-19 pandemic or the spread of COVID-19, and then also the crash in oil and gas prices. Uh, so looking at it, I was speaking uh, last week with Jesse Thompson. So he's a senior business economist at the Houston branch of the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas. And so what we can uh, expect from Houston is uh, basically larger unemployment rates in the rest of the state and the rest of Texas. So right now, uh, the last figure for Houston was an unemployment rate uh, of about 5%. So it's compared to 4.7% uh, in the state, but that was last March. Uh, so what we, uh, uh, what we looked at was lagging indicators in the oil and gas sector. So basically looking at uh, manufacturing, construction, hospitality, leisure, uh, those sectors shut down quite fast uh, with, the, with the mitigation efforts. Uh, and we've seen uh, large job losses there in, in Texas and, and uh, Houston. But what, what we're uh, probably will see are even larger numbers in the oil and gas uh, sector. So looking at uh, uh, Thompson with the, uh, the Dallas Fed, 
Uh, he estimates that the oil and gas industries contribute or are involved in about 30 to 40 percent of Houston's economy. It's a little difficult to calculate uh, just because the services are ancillary. So a lot of lawyers, accountants, different firms, uh, uh, headquarters working uh, for oil and gas exploration companies. Um, but so that's what we're going to have a, a large impact there. And, uh, and we were taking a look at uh, an index of uh, economic indicators for Houston, uh, which declined by 9.1% uh, uh, in the three months ending March. So that's the third, that's the steepest decline uh, since March 2009. Um, so kind of uh, 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 prompting a sharp recession there. And uh, so then uh, what's kind of integral to all this is oil prices. And we've seen oil prices come a little bit up because of uh, uh, production cuts in Saudi Arabia and different, uh, different Russia and the U.S. Uh, and, but still, uh, some of that supply and demand uh, isn't likely to be balanced until 2021. So that's very interesting. Now, that's the economy. But how is the economy affecting Houston's government? Yeah, so the the government is already furloughed, looking to furlough uh, more employees. Uh, Mayor Houston, Mayor Turner said the city could uh, face uh, a deficit or a loss of about two hundred million dollars uh, in fiscal year twenty, which ends in June. Uh, so Houston collects most of its funds through property taxes, over half, so over half a billion dollars, and then it collects uh, and most of its other taxes. Uh, come from sales tax and franchise fees. Uh, the city controller lowered its forecast uh, for Houston down by 30 million in March. But still, so that report was published on April 24th. So we're going to be looking for the new report uh, coming out later this month. Mm. One thing that was interesting about your article that I that read it was interesting was um, in terms of the city's uh, revenue. Uh, one thing struck out of me, like sales, mixed beverage, and bingo taxes contributed about a, a little over a billion dollars to the city's revenue, which was sort of interesting. Yeah, 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 it's quite steep. So that's about uh, almost half of the city's the city's revenue. And if you add, if you add uh, franchise fees in there, that's pretty much uh, the makeup of, of Houston's general fund. Interesting. Must they must with the with, with the. With the property, taxes. right? Of course, right? Of course, but uh, bingo. I guess they must put a lot of bingo down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, Patrick, let's finish up. I got a uh, last question for you. So, tell me what's next, and what else do we need to? Well, meaning not us, but you. What are you going to keep your eye on? Well, so we're looking out for the next round of uh, data to come out the end of the month. Uh, so remember, so the U.S. has an unemployment rate of about. 15%, I think last time I checked. So it takes a little while for those numbers to work through and so we can get some county level data. Also, it's gonna be, uh, you know, in the coming, in the coming weeks, which we'll get hopefully the, the, the controller will post new figures uh, from sales tax revenue. And then way down the line, uh, a lot of economists and analysts are looking at are possible delinquent property taxes. Uh, so that's gonna come, those are gonna be paid uh, in the summer, um, so that's going to be a big telling point of just at the unemployment numbers and what's uh, um, what can we expect from from homeowners. 
Uh, oil prices have rebounded a little bit uh, in April and mid in mid April. Inventories in the U.S. Uh, were near an all-time high, you know, suggesting that at least in the short term, uh, oil prices are going to uh, stay low. Uh, I think generally, uh, analysts and economists forecast that oil prices will remain lower uh, in through 2021. And you know, we're taking a look at the the Dallas Fed has a price of a barrel of oil of WTI, WTI just above fifty dollars for. Uh, for a lot of companies to make a profit, and uh, for new for new wells, and then looking like about twenty six dollars a barrel for uh, for continued production. So, uh, you know, even if uh, uh, supply and demand uh, uh, balance, we might have a problem, still a problem of pricing there. But we'll see. We we shall see. In, we shall see indeed. All right, Patrick. Uh, thanks for your report on the city of Houston. Um, stay safe out there, and hope to talk to you again. Okay, you too. All right, take care. All right, let's move on to San Juan, Puerto Rico, where we have Eva Lorenz. Eva, how are you today? Fine, how are you? Good. Uh, hope you're uh, staying safe down there, and uh, we're glad you're checking in. Yes, I am glad to, to be talking to the public, too. Yes. Okay. All right, we, we, well... Well, since we have uh, boots on the ground in Puerto Rico, we'd love to get your insights. Let's talk about a story you wrote, and you've been writing about a series of these uh, stories on Act 29, which right now there's a dispute between uh, Puerto Rico's 78 mayors and the FOMB. So give us more back information about Act 29 and how it's, I think now it's officially done or meaning it's, it's, it's gone into effect. Tell us all about it. Yes, well, in 2019, last year, uh, former Governor Ricardo Rosselló enacted the measure that became Act 29 to help cities deal with uh, a cut in their government subsidies. Uh, the Financial Oversight and Management Board, which, as you know, is the entity in charge of Puerto Rico's uh, uh, finances, uh, told the government that it had to cut $360 million in subsidies uh, that was uh, that were given to cities. Uh, this is being done in phases until 2023. And so aware that the impact of the elimination of the subsidies was going to be bad for the cities, the government decided to extend them from paying PAYGO pensions, or in other words, pensions, and health insurance payments. But uh, the Financial Oversight and Management Board sued the government on July of 2019, um, arguing that Act 29 went against the fiscal plan and also that it violated PROMESA. And last month, uh, Judge Lado Taylor Swain um, struck down Act 29. She also, um, also uh, struck down several resolutions that the government had passed. Uh, which were included in this lawsuit. And she gave the parties until May 6th to agree on some form of payment or to negotiate before her order became final. Uh, the Financial Oversight Board uh, then uh, gave, uh, told the cities that they owe uh, $198 million and also established a payment plan. But the mayors insisted, insisted that they, uh, or are insisting that they do not owe that money. Well, then, okay, so if the mayors are saying they 
they sorry they're saying they they do not owe the one ninety eight million to the government. Why 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 is that? Well, uh, the mayors are saying that they do not own the one hundred ninety eight million because they already first of all they already pay for retirement benefits for their employees. What happened was that the now defunct employees retirement system misused the money, used that money for other purposes. And what happens is that the cities are now paying again uh, those contributions. Also, they say they should not be paying health insurance payments because that was an imposition uh, by the government. Uh, the government required them to pay a share of the health insurance, which was established by, by the government itself, and they question why are they being forced uh, to pay for, for, for that health insurance. I see. So then, as of right now, what are the mayors going to do, and what else do you think is going to happen? Well, the mayors agreed to a payment plan that was uh, proposed by the Financial Oversight and Management Board that entails having the Municipal Revenue Collection Center, which is the entity that collects uh, property, property taxes for the cities and that distributes that money for all the cities using a certain formula. So the, the, they agree that the Municipal Revenue Collection Center was gonna pay $132 million uh, in equalization fund appropriations so each municipality will be paying about 3% of its budget. And then the remaining 66 million is gonna be paid according to some five-step approach that I'm not gonna go into that right now. Um, however, over the weekend, uh, both parties met again. Um, the CREAM realized after, the CREAM is the Municipal Revenue Collection Center, it realized that it owned $191 million to the general fund and not the $198 million. So the financial oversight asked the cities to present uh, the analysis that they did on how, how much money they own. Also, the board agreed to a proposal, a counter proposal that was uh, put forward by the cities in which instead of, of paying, uh, uh, each city have in paying out of 3% of its own budget, uh, the 132 million, which is part of that 190 million, will be allocated to each municipality in proportion to the balance that they owe. So they, this means that the bigger cities will pay, be paying a little bit more while the smaller cities will pay less. And while the new payment method is better for the cities, um, there are a lot of mayors that still are saying that the, uh, their financial state is very delicate at this point. So this debate is gonna probably continue. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll keep track of the 78 municipalities going forward. But Ava, thank mm -hmm. you so much for your thank you so much for your work. Thank you for your time. And again, stay safe down there. Thank you very much. Okay, take care. Okay, bye. And that is our show for today. Thanks to our participants, Ava Lorenz in San Juan, Puerto Rico, and Patrick Ferguson here in New York, and to our producer, Christian Ayala. But as always, to our listeners out there, Thank you for tuning in. Stay safe. And we hope to have you tune in again next week on the latest in distressed mini credits on the mini lowdown. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to the mini lowdown with me, your host, Young Lim. 
If you want to know more, subscribe to DebtWire.com and follow us on social media. Please leave comments, rate, like, and share. Join us next week when we talk about the latest in the municipal bond market.